And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Got a lot to talk to you about this week. Um, Alabama has a new basketball coach and Nate Oates from the University of Buffalo. He has hit the ground running, landed a commitment, seems to have made big strides with uh, the state's top prospect. Also, Mark Jennings has had quite a week. He is no longer, he announced last week he was no longer affiliated with the Birmingham Iron. The Iron go out and beat Atlanta to clinch a playoff berth. And, and today, as we record this on Tuesday night, the Alliance of American Football has ceased operations for the year, and they hope to get a new investor, and maybe there's a year two. I highly doubt that. But uh, here to talk about that and answer some listener questions is Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, it, it's a sad day, Drew. It's a sad day for, for myself. It's a sad day for the Birmingham Iron family. It's a sad day for all the fans of uh, the Birmingham Iron, the people that I consider to be my family. It's a sad day for the city of Birmingham, the state of Alabama, Drew. And uh, the fact that the, the Alliance of American Football is going to be no longer something that I'm going to have to deal with personally, uh, it, it's very frustrating to me. Uh, I am very lucky, uh, to be honest with you. I didn't think I was lucky at the time, but I found out last week about uh, I was being investigated for my gambling uh, first off, I, I do not, I do not, I am not claiming or, or proclaiming guilt here. Uh, I, but I did make a plea deal with the feds, talked to my attorney, Mr. Shinar about it. And he advised me to make a plea deal. And I was able to sell my shares of the iron for a, uh, a, a very high price drew. And I was able to make a significant amount of money. And, uh, and frankly, it's due to my business acumen that I have. And I've developed over time that I was able to make so much money off of it, but uh, after that happened, I had some pretty intense conversations with Mr. Dundon, and frankly, uh, he was pretty down about it, and he wasn't sure he was going to be able to keep the league going. And so he decided to fold the league, Drew, and frankly, I can't blame him, and uh, at this point today, they're about to announce the the uh, Alliance expansion for next year and new teams, and, and uh, but, you know, it's a business, Drew, and we can't do anything about it. It's unfortunate for the people who would become big fans of the iron and I apologize to all of them, but frankly, uh, uh, there's not much I can do about it. I'm not part of the AAF anymore. Uh, I was able to sell my, my shares, make an incredibly high profit. So, uh, I'm sorry to all the fans, but frankly, I really don't care at this point. I made a whole lot of money. Drew, it's your podcast. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing really well, Mark, and, and I'm glad I, I can sense the emotion in your voice. Uh, it was a pretty special time in your life. He's, these last eight weeks, these diehard fans—you could tell all over social media. You know, crowds of you know seventy thousand to ninety thousand at these games, tens of thousands of people uh, sending the iron off at Graceland, at the Tijuana Marriott, at the Drury Inn and Suites by the Atlanta Airport. Um, and I know you guys had two road matches, two excuse me, two road games left, and then the playoffs. And I really thought this was going to be the year for the iron. Um, you you sent out the tweet on March twenty uh, March twenty seventh, I believe it was last Thursday. I'll read it real quick and just kind of ask you how quickly this all went down because it was only three days after we recorded a podcast. And you said on at Mark Jennings fifty five, over the past few weeks, rumors have been circulating re- regarding my involvement with wagering on AAF contests, specifically contests involving the Birmingham Iron. I categorically deny these rumors. However, the feds have learned of these rumors and have threatened me with criminal charges. In order to avoid an indictment and costly litigation, I've made a deal with the FBI to sell my shares of the Birmingham Iron. 
As you can imagine, this comes as a great disappointment to me. I consider the players' management of the iron to be part of my family. I will miss them dearly. I appreciate your thoughts and prayers during this trying time. Mark, how did you get found out here? Drew, I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, the FBI said they had confidential informants. Uh, from my understanding, uh, and from what I from what I have been told, I, I obviously do not know this for certain, but I've been told it's been someone in the social media department, uh, probably the same person who went around blocking random fans, uh, fans who just wanted to learn more about the iron and be fans of the iron. They are randomly blocked by people in the social media department, and that's what I've heard. That's the lead that I have, but Drew, I cannot. Uh, say that for certain. Uh, frankly, it's, it's, it's all hearsay on my end. Uh, I feel pretty confident in that based on my connections with the Iron, but uh, I cannot say for certain that it was someone in the social media department, that it was the person running the Twitter account. And if you do some research in the Birmingham Iron, you can find out exactly who that is. Uh, but but I, I, I don't know for certain that it was that person, but I feel pretty confident about that at this point. And if they All had right. not ratted, to be honest with you, Drew, uh, if they hadn't ratted me out, if I was not a part of, if I was still a part of the league, I feel pretty confident Mr. Dunden would still be a part of the league, and the the league wouldn't have folded, and and they'd be announcing expansion today, and they wouldn't be announcing uh, the closing down of the league. All right. Um, well, let me ask you this, Mark. This was a couple of days before the Birmingham Iron defeated Atlanta 17-9 at home. The good thing about the schedule is that of the eight games, off, you know, five of them, the Birmingham Iron were able to play all five of, of their games at home. Did you get a chance to watch that on TV? Because I know you said you got some texts from players. I did, Drew, to be honest with you. I watched the game at halftime. I had a hotel uh, close to Legion Field, very luxurious hotel. And I didn't like the way that we were playing at halftime. And so when the halftime was 11-6, I decided to make my way down to the field. And frankly, uh, the players did not expect me to be on the field in the second half. They thought I'd stay in the hotel. But they saw me and, and the inspiration that they had because they saw me, the, 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 the best that I brought out of them from weeks one through seven, it really came out in the second half of week eight. And they saw me and they were inspired. They remembered the impact I had on the team going in. And frankly, Drew, it was like I tore my ACL and, and was coming out in the second half to be out there and, and wish them well. It's was, it was the same thing as that, Drew. So, uh, frankly, that's why I, t- I tweeted it out how many texts I got from the players about the inspiration I had and how it led them to victory in the second half. And you see how much better they played in the second half. They played in the first half, and the, and that's basically because I came out there and served an inspiration. So uh, I was able to watch the game, Drew. That's to answer your question. I'm so proud. I really am just so proud to say that I was a part of the Birmingham Iron, and 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 whatever happens with the Alliance of American Football, I'll be wishing them well. But uh, again, luckily I was just able to sell my shares for a significant profit uh, before they folded. Absolutely. Uh, did any last of all? Did anybody? It sounds like you really could not write a script better uh, with your grand appearance there to spur on the team. Did Coach Lewis or anybody know that you were, that you were going to be showing up for the second half? Uh, they didn't, Drew. I wanted to keep it a secret. To be honest with you, I saw the way that we were playing the first half and figured that we needed a little pick me up. And I didn't want anybody. I didn't want Coach Lewis or anybody in the staff to know. And and frankly, uh. Uh, I wanted to keep them out of the loop, and I wanted everybody to be a surprise to everybody. As you can see, 
the camera saw me on the concourse, Drew, coming in. It was on TV, and, and, and they got it on TV. So if you're watching the game on television, you're able to see me coming down, and, and uh, you saw my, my uh, what I call my support staff surrounding me and following me, and we able, I was able to get on TV. I don't know if you're watching the game or not, Drew, but you were able to see it. So, uh, But, you know, I just, I just want to say again how proud I am to be part of the Birmingham Iron and even though I wasn't part of a Birmingham Iron and part of the Birmingham Iron family, quote-unquote, at the game this weekend, I am so proud of what we were able to accomplish. You know, we're going to go down to second-winningest team in Alliance of American Football history, and that's something I'm I'm just so proud about, considering I basically built the team uh, together. And, and frankly, if we had a little better coaching, if the mayor wasn't involved, we probably could have been the winningest team in the AF history, but... Uh, that's something I have to go to sleep with tonight, and not something I'm never going to be able to get over, really. But that's neither here nor there, Drew. And 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 I'm just proud to say I'm part of a team that went five and three in the Alliance of American Football. All right, uh, great, great stuff, Mark. And I know the Birmingham Iron made made the community proud. Um, some other big news though. Uh, Alabama hires Nate Oates from Buffalo, and we had a pretty good conversation about this on the podcast last week on where where Greg Byrne the Alabama athletics director was going in this search and who he would choose to replace Avery Johnson you spoke a lot about Greg McDermott of Creighton a really heck of a basketball coach uh how did the search go from uh you know all the names that were mentioned you know a lot of people really thought it was going to be Thad Matta from uh, who used to coach at Ohio State uh how did uh Mr. Byrne uh settle on uh, Nate Oates well, it, it's pretty obvious at this point that, that Coach McDermott at Creighton was the first choice. But And Mr. Burns said this when he was talking about the coaching search. You have a plan A, and then you have a plan B, and you have a plan C, and plan D. And you're constantly working on all those plans at the same time. Well, what he was saying was to all the people who are really listening out there, Coach McDermott was plan A. And as soon as Coach McDermott was plan, plan A, and once he turned it down, immediately I tweeted it out if you noticed. Uh, as soon as Coach McDermott turned down the Alabama job, he immediately went to Plan D, Plan B, excuse me, and that was Nate Oates at Buffalo. And, and frankly, I thought Coach Oates should have been Plan A, but uh, Coach Byrne didn't listen to me. But he's going to luck out and he get my first choice here. And frankly, Nate Oates going to do some great things. You know, a few years ago, uh, when Nate Oates was a high school coach and he was winning state championships up in Michigan at a school that. Frankly, wasn't used to doing a whole lot of winning. And my good friend Danny Hurley was at Wagner, and, and I, he was looking for assistant coaches. And I recommended Nate Oates when he was up there. And he didn't get hired at the time, but when Bobby Hurley, Danny's little brother, got the job at 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 uh, Buffalo, excuse me, I, I recommended to him that he bring Nate on, and he brought Nate on. And, and you know, he, he, Nate's come on, become the head coach at Buffalo, made a bunch of history there, made three tournaments in four years. You know, before he became the head coach at Buffalo, Buffalo had only made the tournament once in their entire history. And Nate Oates comes the head coach to make it three times in four years. So it's not surprised to me the type of success that he had. Uh, and I think he's going to have a lot of success at Alabama, Drew. So, uh, Mr. Byrne was on the five, I believe it was the Paul Feinbaum show. If it wasn't that show, it was a different interview, but, uh, he said that he visited a lot with Nate Oates and his family. I think that might've been Monday. And then on Tuesday, and I could be off by a day, but on Tuesday, he was getting ready to go to visit with another candidate, but something drew him back to go visit with coach Oates some more. And he ended up offering him the job, uh, do you know who that, that next candidate was by chance, Mark? Because I haven't seen it listed in the media anywhere. Absolutely, dude. Do you mean who, who Plan C was? 
Yeah. Uh, Plan C uh, had already accepted the position in case it ever got to him, and he was 100% in. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a basketball coach that not a lot of people in Alabama probably know, but it's the highest successful basketball coach. And people like me in the, in the circles of basketball and in the high levels know about him. And, of course, I'm talking about Mike Bray out of Notre Dame, Drew. He was a plan C, and he had already accepted the position if Coach Burns going to get to him. But uh, he didn't, and I think that's a great thing for Alabama fans because I think they've got a lot better coach uh, than Mike Bray in Nate Oates, to be honest with you. All right. So uh, most Alabama fans had not heard of Nate Oates, but then uh, I think he's really energized the fan base over the last week, you know, he had his hey coach at Baum Powers in Tuscaloosa. 500 students were there. We saw uh, Cameron Luke Ratliff on a Twitter commercial. Um, I really think this guy's going to do some big things, but he got a commitment. We'll talk about that in a second. John Petty has pulled his name out of the transfer portal. Uh, we're going to uh, see Alabama lose Dazon Ingram and Daniel Giddens. I don't see those guys coming back. Um, and he's bringing in Brian Logsdon from uh, Buffalo. Uh, to, to be an assistant with him, may keep a guy on staff. Uh, excuse me, Kyra Lewis, the point guard, put his name in, in the uh, transfer portal as well. Brian Hodgson is the Buffalo coach's name. I was drawing a blank there. He's going to be at, with uh, Coach Oates at Alabama. Kyra Lewis is still in the transfer portal as of when, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Coach Oates, I, I, I've got to, I got to think he's feeling like he's going to come back to Alabama, Mark, but a lot of highly uh, ranked schools want Kyra Lewis. What do you, what's your gut feel here? Well, first off, I think Byron Hodgson is, is ready to be a big time college basketball coach. I think it's a mistake that, that he's not going to get that Buffalo job. He's come on and assist in Alabama. Uh, but, but talk about Kyra Lewis Jr. I, I would expect him to come back at Alabama at this point. I don't see him as a guy who's going to want to sit out a year at this point in his career, even though he is very young. He's basically a child at this point. He's basically a child point guard. But I would expect him to come back to Alabama. Uh, For some things I would expect that I'm not as certain on, uh, I you know we're talking about you know a lot a lot of rumors circulating about the head coach at Mountain Brook, Bucky McMillan, to come on to the staff. I think that's more probable than not at this point. To be honest with you, I'm not putting my guarantee on it by any means, but I I feel pretty good about making that prediction. And frankly, I expect Trenton Watt for the fantastic player out of out of Mountain Brook to come on to Alabama as well at this point. But again, these aren't definites. Uh, these aren't things that I feel certain putting my lock on. I don't, you know how it is. I make a prediction doesn't come true. People like to go on Twitter and like to talk, say bad things about me. Uh, this is one of those things where I don't feel completely comfortable. Uh, I don't feel a hundred percent about yet, but I feel pretty good about all of these things, Drew. All right. Um, uh, Trenton Watford is expected to announce on April twentieth at the Jordan Brand All Star Game. Coach Oates, uh, Coach Petway, Coach Rosemont went down to visit uh, Trendon Watford and Destin uh, over the weekend. And, and word has it that uh, Coach McMillan and, and Trendon Watford were at Alabama's workout on Tuesday. So, anyways, we'll see what happens with there. But he did. He, uh, Coach Oates did get a commitment. Raymond Hawkins from Finley Prep in Las Vegas. He's a center. Alabama needs big men on this roster for next year. Never taken a trip to Tuscaloosa, but he was going to go to Buffalo if Coach Oates had stayed there. He had offers from like Arizona State, Mississippi State, some schools like that around the country. Uh, what's Alabama getting with Raymond Hawkins? Well, they're getting a big-time player, Drew. He's a guy that's a pretty slow-developing player. 
Uh, he is always big, but he's, he hasn't been very skilled until very recently. But he's really got the work in done in the weight room. He's gotten himself conditioned. He's been working with great coaches to get himself skilled. And for like, I think this is one of the best centers coming out in college basketball this year. He reminds me of another guy out of the state of California who's pretty slow to develop. Uh, really not. He was highly recruited, but not highly recruited by big time programs. He's from actually uh, Southern California. But, uh, and good for him when I say this, he made the decision, he made the personal decision to really make a, a huge decision in, in his in his relationship with God and really change his religion and become a Mormon. And of course, I'm talking about Keith Van Horn Drew out of Los Angeles County who committed to Utah. And as, of course, as you know, we talked about before, as soon as you commit to Utah, you automatically become a Mormon. And he ended up being a fantastic college basketball player. I believe he's a consensus All-American for the University of Utah, playing for Rick Majerus, RIP. And he just turned out to be a fantastic player. I believe he's a first round, a high first-round NBA draft pick. And it's the same thing happened to Raymond Hawkins, not in terms of him becoming a Mormon, but in terms of him becoming a high first-round NBA draft pick. That would not surprise me at all, Drew. Raymond Hawkins is a fantastic basketball player. I expect as he works with Coach Oates even more, he develops his outside game, develops his perimeter jump shot, and this is going to be a guy that Alabama Alabama fans really enjoy watching play uh, during the season. Yeah, Coach Oates, you know, he says he's got to have shooters on the floor, and I think uh, Raymond Hawkins is a guy who who will be able to contribute an outside shot to this team and be a pretty well-rounded outside player or inside player who can step outside if he needs to. But really looking forward to seeing how he fits in with this team. The only other offer that we've seen is uh, a six foot four combo guard uh, from Monteverde Academy in Florida named Harlan Beverly. Now he's got some big offers late. Not sure if he'll, you know go to Alabama or not, I guess the scholarship numbers have to work out and maybe someone else will have to transfer. Um, but just tell us a little bit about Harland Beverly. Well, he, he's a big-time guard out of, out of Florida at Monteverde Academy. He's got some really big-time offers. That, Frankly, at this point, I'd be surprised if he went to Alabama. But uh, you can't really blame uh, Coach Oates for offering him. Uh, he's got some big, big, time, big Ten offers in, in Michigan State and Indiana and and a lot of people say, people in my circle say that Michigan State's in front. I don't know. I can't say that for certain uh, where he's going to go. But, you know, if he hasn't committed yet, he's got always got the option to commit wherever he wants. But, frankly, he reminds me a lot of a guy out of the state of Tennessee, uh, played basketball in the SEC, really had some fantastic coaching over in West Tennessee, went to the same high school as some great Alabama players in the past, like Ernest Shelton, to be honest with you. And, of course, I'm talking about Dame Bradshaw. Do you remember Dame Bradshaw, Drew? Yeah, he played for Coach Pearl at Tennessee. That Dame Bradshaw, right? Exactly. Played at White Station High School in Memphis, Tennessee. Really one of the fantastic high school programs you're ever going to see in the state. And really in the nation, to be honest with you. Just always turning out fantastic basketball players. Always fundamentally sound. Uh, it's no surprise to me that Dame Bradshaw went out and had the type of success that he had at the SEC. And, and, and frankly, when I watch him play and watch his highlights, uh, from when he was playing at Tennessee for Coach Pearl, and I watched Harlan Beverly play. Frankly, it reminds me of the same person, Drew. So wherever Harlan Beverly goes, goes he's going to have the same type of success that Dame Bradshaw has, Drew. And, and you know, I just love these players, Drew, and I just want them to have the most success. And, and I just get so delighted watching these guys play and knowing how successful they're going to be at the college level. Because when I can, can compare a guy to Dame Bradshaw, 
I know that guy's going to be a successful basketball player, Drew, and that, that makes me so happy that I can share that information on this podcast with you, Drew. Right on. I think that as well. I look forward to seeing what Coach Oates uh, can do for Alabama. I've been really been really impressed with what I've heard out of him, his interaction with the Alabama fans, and how he's carried himself with all of his media interviews. Uh, shifting over to football, it seems like Alabama's getting a football commitment every time we're recording a podcast. The latest one comes from Etowah High School. His name is D. Ricky Wright. That's D-E apostrophe Ricky Wright, uh, 6'3", 220. Uh, listed as an athlete, Mark, what does he project to play at the next level? Well, to be honest, I think he's a natural safety. I think he's pretty underrated now. Uh, but frankly, I told his coach last before last year that he needed to focus on defense instead of playing quarterback. And he really did focus on defense this year. Luckily, this coach listened to me. And, and look where it's gotten him. He's going to be a big-time safety at the next level. He could possibly go in, grow into a linebacker. And as you said, he's 6'3", 220. He's got a lot of size on him. You know, he's, he's, he's give him a couple biscuits in him. He's going to be a linebacker. But frankly, I think he's a safety. But he reminds me a lot of a guy out of the city of Mobile. Really a fantastic player. Uh, top 100 player at the time. Uh, went and played in the SEC. Got in a little bit of trouble with the law after he graduated, but he really has got uh, got his life in order since then and really turned out to be a fantastic citizen since then. And, of course, I'm talking about out of Davidson High School in Mobile. I'm talking about Mike McNeil. Do you remember Mike McNeil, Drew? Uh, yeah, he played for Coach Riley down at Davidson, right? He did. Just a fantastic football player, Drew. Uh, I believe the websites had him as a top 50 player in the country. I had him the top 25, and you look at his college career, and turned out that that was exactly correct. So uh, just a fantastic player, Drew. Won a national championship at the college level, and I'm so happy for him that he's got his life back on track, and he's turned out to be a productive citizen in society. All right. Good deal. Great to hear that. Uh D. Ricky Wright from Etowah, Alabama's latest commitment. And uh, with that, we got a lot of listener questions, and it seems like we had a lot more, uh, probably a record number submitted to us, you know, several thousand. We're not going to be able to get to all of them, obviously, but we do appreciate the ones who did send them in. Mark, tell everybody how they can find you on social media. Well, Drew, uh, you know, as you said, we have the best listeners in the world. We have some great questions every week, and it's really unfortunate we can't get to all of them. But you want to find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. The Twitter handle last I saw was up to about 380,000 uh, followers. So thank you guys for that. You can also email me. My email address is MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's one word. Mark breaks down film at AOL.com. Email me there. Email me on or find me on Twitter, and I'd be love to answer your questions, Drew. All right, let's take a few of them. Paul T. Graham on Twitter asks, Mark, what do you recommend I do this week to keep my mind off of all the liberal media glowing over Auburn's basketball success, Auburn's in the Final Four? And our alleged fans, in quotation marks, rooting for them like we're in a t-ball league with our neighbor's kids. Well, Paul, first off, that's a fantastic question. Thank you for that. But I want to remind everybody that I don't root for teams. I root for players. And, and you know, my first love is watching these high school players and breaking down their film and seeing where they go. So I don't have a problem with Auburn having success. Uh, and so... Uh, if you have a problem with Auburn having success, I understand it. There, there are lots of Alabama fans' main rival, and 
and I understand why you might not might not want to watch it. And, and frankly, if you had an issue with certain uh, quote unquote celebrities uh, saying that they they're rooting for Auburn, I understand that as well. You know, maybe you won't be able to watch uh, the the video this week about how Alabama fans watch the Final Four or whatever. You might not be able to watch that. But frankly, I I, just, I don't think that's a big of a loss to you. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but to, you know, congrats to Auburn. Frankly, what disgusted me about that was the uh, uh, the ha- the scripted halftime entrance they had by the player who was injured earlier. Uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that anyone with half a brain that was used by Bruce Pearl to motivate his team. I thought it was pretty funny how a lot of Auburn beat writers thought that was actually legitimate and they really bought into it. But that's neither here nor there. A lot of liberal media took the bait. But, you know, again, congrats to Auburn for them for making the Final Four, uh, and, and, and I'm happy for them. All right. Uh, Drew Smalley, at Drew Smalley on Twitter, asks, Mark, we all know the remarkable story of Mrs. Jennings coming back to you after running off with her CrossFit trainer, Travis, RIP. Do you see? Do you foresee the Alliance of American Football having a similar redemption story if not thoughts and prayers to all the uh iron players well i kind of mentioned this earlier uh you know i talked to mr dungeon earlier and frankly he didn't feel comfortable going forward with the league as long as i wasn't involved so uh if i'm involved in the league i'd feel pretty confident about it going forward but i'm not sure that's going to happen and and as long as i'm not going to be involved going forward uh, i really can't see the league going anywhere uh I, i do wish the people in the iron family and the people on all of Alliance of American football, uh, good luck in the future. But as long as I'm not a part of the league, I really don't see it going anywhere and continuing in the future. All right. Uh, Cameron Luke Ratliff asks, uh, at fluff potamus 88, Mark is $8 per square foot too much to pay for hardwood floors. Well, the, Drew, I don't see these questions. What type of hardwood floors is he talking about? I have no idea. It just says hardwood floors. He didn't mention Okay, right. I mean, if we're talking about your softwood, such as the pine, I think that's way too much. Your pine wood, uh, hardwood floors, really, you're going to want to go for three to six dollars per square foot. Uh, if you want to, maybe the, your your mid tier hardwood floors, maybe your teak or your American cherry or your oak, uh, maybe I see that make maybe costing six or seven dollars a square foot. I certainly wouldn't pay eight. But if we're talking about your your high tier hardwood floors. You know, we're talking about your exotic woods. We're talking about your Brazilian walnut, your tiger wood, your mahogany, maybe your cypress. If you're paying $8 a square foot for that, that's pretty good deal. So it really depends on what type of wood you're using for your hardwood floors. I wouldn't go in there and just, uh, frankly, I ask for multiple opinions, to be honest with you, Fluffopotamus. Uh, it's a fantastic question. I love these types of interior design questions. Uh, but I, I, I can't I can't answer that question fully unless I know what you're planning to the, the material you're planning to use for your hardwood floor. So uh, get back to me in a little more detail what you're planning to use, and I'll be able to answer that question better on the next podcast. All right, uh, Nick Jones at that Nick Jones Mark, uh, do you think Mr. Dundon colluded with the feds in an effort to remove you from the Iron Ownership Group? Thanks for all you do, Mark. Absolutely not. Uh, Mr. Dundon and I have been friends for a long time, and, and frankly, he needs me. He needs my expertise and advice, and the last thing he'd want, uh, as I mentioned before in the podcast, the last thing he wants uh, for the AEF is me not to be involved. And frankly, because of that, it's why the league no longer exists. So uh, the, the, Mr. Dundon actually absolutely had nothing to do 
uh, with the Fed to get me out of out of the alliance, and I feel pretty confident in saying that. All right, Jared Cornut at Jared Cornut. Mark, is it true you and Tom Dundon were working together in the AAF scandal? Are the dipping dots really just a way to launder money? How can we help? You're the best in the business. Would hate to see you in federal prison. Thanks. The answer to that question is no, Drew. And frankly, I, I can't. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. The answer is no, Drew. I would never use uh, the AEF, and I would never use Dundon, uh, Mr. Dundon, uh, or, or the Dippin' Dots to launder money or engage in any other illegal activities. If you have any more questions, uh, you can contact my attorney, uh, Mr. Shinara, uh, for any further questions. So, no is the answer to that question. All right, Jackson Winslow at JWins97. Since you got out of the AAF before the collapse, do you intend on being part of an XFL team? Well, I've looked into it, to be honest with you. I think I got pretty lucky with the AAF. And by I mean lucky, I mean I'm lucky to have the business acumen that I do to be able to get out of it uh, before it went under and to be able to make a significant profit. But I'm always looking for ways to expand my wealth, and, and I'm always looking for ventures that would utilize my business expertise to make a significant sums of money, both for me uh, and and the people involved in that venture. So uh, I'll look into the XFL. Got a few years uh, before it really opens up, and I'm going to see where we go from there. So, But as of now, I don't have any plans to be part of the XFL. All right. No longer talking about sports bananas at Go Crimson. Mark, what's the best show on HGTV? Well, there are so many great shows on HGTV. You got the the Chip and Joanna Gaines show. Uh, you got the Property Brothers show. Uh, but to be honest with you, my favorite show is probably the Hometown. Drew, you know the Hometown. Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. I don't think. Well, the Hometown is based on this couple that goes in Mississippi in this real small town in southern Mississippi, and they fix up all these homes. A lot of people don't like it, and frankly, I can't blame them. Uh, a lot of people have problems watching the show because they're, you know, you know how TV shows work, Drew. There's a male and a female. Well, right. the the male on the show is just hideously unattractive, Drew. He is just, it, it's really painful to watch him. Uh, he, 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 I try to remind to think of other things that he looks at. Uh, maybe the alien from the movie Alien is a possibility. Uh, maybe. Uh, the, you know, there's the old Eric Stoltz movie with Cher, where Eric Stoltz played the 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 guy that looks like the lion. You know what I'm talking about, Drew? Yeah. Do you really know what I'm talking about, Drew? You just saying uh, that? I'm just saying that. Well, there's this old movie with Eric Stoltz and, and, and Cher, and if you give me a second, uh, I'll think about it. But Eric Stoltz played this hideously unattractive figure. Uh, the movie was called Mask, as I think about it. But Eric Schultz, this, Stoltz played this guy who's, who's born this physical deformity, and he was just a hideously unattractive person. And frankly, that person is more attractive than the guy on Hometown. So if you can get through the hideous unattractiveness of the guy on Hometown and the way he looks, uh, frankly, it's, it's really my favorite show on television. Luckily, me being an open-minded person, and not judging people based on their physical attractiveness. I can get past those things and enjoy the show for what it is. But I'm not going to think less of people if they cannot get past the pure ugliness and, and really just, uh, you know, infuriating uh, ugliness of, of the of the guy on hometown. All right. Um, next, uh, 
Riz, Twitter handle at Honky, H-O-N-K-Y, uh, which makes me more high class, Pellegrino or Perrier? Well, that was easy to me. I've never, I have I was in the gas station the other day and I saw Perrier, so I would never buy it. I would only buy Pellegrino. I've never seen Pellegrino in a gas station, so I, I think it's Pellegrino for certain. All right, sounds fair. Uh, Bama Pro Updates, Alabama Pro Updates, at Bama Pro Updates, Mark, with the draft inflation that occurs with quarterbacks in the NFL draft, do you think there's a chance that former Auburn quarterback Jarrett Stidham might slip into the tail end of the first round? Drew, would you read the second the second half of that question again? Yeah. Uh, do you think there's a chance that Jarrett Stidham might slip into the tail end of the first round? First off, Bama Pro Updates, we've had you on the podcast before, and I thought we had gotten past this, but apparently we haven't. We are not going to have any jokes about Jarrett Stidham having a tail on this podcast. Uh, I can say for certain uh, that Jarrett Stidham uh, is very sensitive about the issue of him having a tail, and we are not going to talk about it on this podcast. And frankly, it's pretty disgusting that you would even think to bring up the fact that Jared Stidham might have a tail. And you would think that asking the question about Jared Stidham having a tail would be appropriate for this podcast. And frankly, it's it's disgusting. So, Drew, from now on, we are I am putting a moratorium on the podcast. I am no longer entertaining any questions about Jared Stidham possibly having a tail. I'm not going to put up with it, Drew. If the idiots that want to email me and tweet at me asking about Jarrett Stidham having a tail, if they want to tweet at me about it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna respond to it, Drew, because this is a professional broadcast, and no longer or am I, uh, frankly, and you should be discussing this as well, Drew, and we are no longer gonna entertain any questions about Jarrett Stidham and his tail. All right. No more, Drew. As of no. right now, no more questions about Jarrett Stidham having a tail. No more. Hey, uh, but we'll take the next question from an Auburn fan uh, who listens to our podcast pretty regularly, it seems. Tyler at AU underscore Tyler 41 asked Drew this yesterday, but are there any plans to market Champs Corner merchandise? I know you're a busy man with the golf course and the Dippin' Dots businesses, but these would be in very high demand. Well, you know, thank you, Tyler, for your question. I'm always looking for ways to expand my wealth. But, you know, this is more of a hobby for me. Uh, I don't look at this as a way to expand my wealth. I look at this as a way, as really more of a public service, a way to to, uh, share my public knowledge and expertise with all of you. So I don't look at this as a way to make money. But frankly, Drew, this might be something we want to talk about later, about maybe we can make some money for the podcast and uh, maybe we take the money and, 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 and do something and expand, and I'll give you some ideas on how you can expand uh, that wealth, that event. But uh, frankly, Drew, I, that's, that's never been a never been a thought that's crossed my mind. Now, if you want to do this, you just let me know. We can talk about it, and I'll give you some great ideas. But as of right now, I have no interest in doing that. All right. Um, looks like our last question will come from TD at TD four four five five four four. Mark, as a suave man of great taste and style, can you please tell Jay Barker where the best place is in Birmingham to buy an Auburn ball cap to wear during the Final Four games this weekend? Thanks for all that you do. 
Well, me, me telling Jay Barker the best place to buy a ball cap, that's like telling Michelangelo the best way to, to, to paint a painting or, or me, telling, me telling Miles Davis the best way to play a trumpet. It's just Jay Barker knows where to buy hats. I mean, when was the last time we saw Jay Barker without a ball cap? I can't imagine. I don't even remember the last time we saw Jay Barker without a ball cap. So I'm sure he knows lots of great places uh, to buy his Auburn ball cap for the weekend and so he can cheer on his Auburn Tigers. And, and he's going to have a great time doing it, I'm sure. But I don't need to be telling uh, Jay Barker where to buy his ball cap because every time I see him, he's wearing one. Yeah, uh, I was looking at Jay's Twitter, at JayBarker7. Last Friday, he was watching uh, – he was hanging out with his former teammates, Sam Shade, Chris Donnelly, and Antonio Langham at Scott Castle in Birmingham, uh, watching Auburn MBB destroy North Carolina. So he seemed pretty happy about that. He took a selfie of the four of them, and uh, yes, it does appear that he is wearing a ball cap in that picture. So not too surprised there, are you? No, I mean he wears a ball cap wherever he goes. Why would I? Why I don't need to tell him where to buy one. It'd be like Jay Barker telling me how to manage a golf course. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Or how to how to build an AAF team. You know, I build an AAF team with the second winningest AAF team of all time. Uh, that would be pretty silly for him to give me advice on that, right? Yeah, pretty silly. But yeah, you scroll down his Twitter account and uh, has a lot of pictures of him and, and he's wearing a ball cap in each and every one of them. So yeah, good luck to you, Jay. I hope you're able to find your hat. And um, thanks Mark for answering that question. Uh, but yeah, that will wrap up this week's edition of the champs corner podcast. Uh, Mark Jennings. Um, I really hope you, uh, you know, I really wish you the best success in your next business venture. I can't wait for uh, it to come up. And, um, and I, th- and I thank you so much, Mark, for, uh, Telling us what really went down with the Birmingham Iron and the Alliance of American Football. Uh, Drew, as always, you know, I, I hope I was able to make the city of Birmingham proud the way I built that franchise going 5-3. and three. It's unfortunate. I, frankly, I built the team thinking that we were going to be ready for the playoff run and we're going to make some noise in the playoffs. It's unfortunate we're never going to see that happen. But in uh, all that sadness, Drew, the great news is I was able to come on your podcast and share with your listeners my expertise again this week. And, and I'm so happy for the people that listen to the podcast. They're able to hear me. And, and I hope that next time they tune in, I'll be able to be just as knowledgeable and, and just as much an expert as I am before, Drew. All right. You guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts and the other podcast for, uh, platform. Thank you so much for listening.